Broadcasting live from the Loading Ready Run orbiting underground moon base, it's the Lurcast. Oh. It's the wamp alarm. Everyone batten down the hatches. Oh no, it's a double wamp. This isn't really a song, it's just more... <laughs> That's why I said it sounded, it, it sounded like a klaxon. Yeah. Is really what I that tried was. throwing down like a beat and seeing if you guys would run on it. No. It's, I don't want it to be expected. No. I feel like, I, I feel like it's your thing. Yeah. Like if you want to do something... Like last time you did something and it seemed appropriate to throw down a beat. But I don't want to, I don't want to take that away from you. Mm-hmm. All right, fine. <laughs> uh... Hey everyone, uh, it's Graham. It is the Wompcast. <laughs> it's the Wompcast with myself, whose name is Graham. And I am Paul. And I'm Kathleen. And uh, James is once again uh, not not with us this week because he is going to uh, GP Portland, mm-hmm. where he is not going to play in the actual GP because it is modern, but he's going to play in a whole bunch of side events. So he's going to the GP just for the side events. He's going to the GP for the GP experience. Mm. Yes. I mean, it's fun to go if you like magic. Yeah, exactly. It's a perfectly reasonable thing to do. But Also, he hates you. That's the other reason why he's going. Mm-hmm. He didn't want to be here. I would just like to point out that I was eating jelly beans at the start of this, so if you heard any nom, 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 nom. And they were sent to us by a uh, very, very dedicated Loading Ready Run fan named Lisa, who sent us a lot of sugar. <laughs> A lot of yeah. sugar. Lot just of sugar. Got, just, it's just like a box filled with candy. And something called butter crack. Which we haven't eaten. You get, yet. Go, you get a little closer on the mic. We haven't, we haven't tasted the butter crack yet. But uh, so far, the snacks have been holding us in pretty good stead for a variety of sugar based needs. Also, delicious jelly bellies. So thanks, Lisa. Also, there's a blanket in there for when I get cold because <laughs> she knows us. I thought that was very sweet. Um, so yeah, we're only gonna, uh, the only video that we've done, uh, recently that hasn't been covered in a loading time is, um, the travel bug. So we're going to talk briefly about the travel bug and then go on to some ask clear questions that were posted to our Facebook. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was basically not involved in this video at all. So Kathleen, take it away. Uh, well, this is, this is what I like to think is actually coming together. Sort of the loading ready run. Uh, Graham is busy slash sick Alpha Strike team, which apparently is Kathleen, Paul, Cam, and Andy. Because this always happens. This was like the last video we filmed without Graham was also Kathleen, Paul, Cam, and Andy. Really? Yeah. We had Bijan Boom because Cam was in that video, but it was the same four people. Huh. Because, I mean, Andy's not usually around that much. Well, Graham's not usually sick. I guess so, yeah. You can name the team Pam Candy. The Pam Candy team. (laughs) Uh, This I wrote a video. What video was that? Uh, that was our, our Christmas video this year with the uh, with the guy who could uh, who could extrapolate out the future. Oh yeah, oh I, yeah. yeah. I wasn't there. You're right. Yeah, Once yeah. again, Andy and I playing a playing a couple. Oh yeah. Uh, which huh. I, where, where were you? Were you just sick or I don't know what was up with that. I maybe I was out of town. Busy. I don't know. Anyway. I don't know. But yeah, Graham was not involved in that. Oh no, it was because of strip search. We filmed that. We filmed that in like early November. Remember? Oh right, right. That was right. Okay. Early November, like mid-November, December. Yeah, mid mid November is Desert Bus. No, we filmed it. it, Doesn't matter. We filmed it before strip search. Anyway, Uh, anyhow, uh, so this video, uh, I wanted to write a quick back and forth video with like two people with good rapid fire dialogue because uh, we haven't done one of those 
in a long time and i love those i think they are like sort of the foundation of sketch comedy um and uh i just uh the idea came to me sort of i was laying in bed and couldn't really sleep at like four in the morning uh, i tend to be a restless sleeper like i fall asleep easily and i will sleep for a good couple of hours but then i will wake up and toss and turn and i need to get back to sleep um so about four in the morning i'm awake and uh going Ugh. oh man we should write a video where it's like really simple and easy and, and, and to do. And it's just like two people talking and it's like, you know, the strength is the dialogue. There's no special defects or anything. Um, and yeah, I did say special defects, which is my, we, my pet nickname for any we, special effects. Yeah, we sometimes do special defects. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, and then uh, I had nothing written of the video uh, except for that one like super rude line about like Asian tourists. Because I was thinking, what if somebody wanted to go on vacation and they were trying to like pitch this to somebody super unreasonable and they said, why don't we go to this country? And they said, no, because people from that country are always seeing our country. So why would we go to their country? <laughs> right. And I was like, wow, that's so, so fucking stupid and offensive. And I was like, I should write a video about that. So I finally got back to sleep and the next day. Once I had a bit of free time, I wrote the video. Um, when the process was simple, I listed all the countries I could think of rude things about and uh, stopped uh, like uh, and stopped when I could no longer think of rude things to say about other people's countries, including my own. I write off as just like, why would you ever pay to go there? Um, didn't put New Zealand in, though, because I yeah, mean, people were disappointed that you said Australia and not New Zealand. Well, you could say Australia. No, New Zealand. Where? <laughs> like, I mean, there's there's the joke there. Um, but, uh, and then, uh, couldn't think of really anything rude to say about Spain. Uh, so I was like, all right, fine. I gotta, gotta cap this thing off in Spain. And I remember there's something I've, I personally, personally want to do that p walking pilgrimage. I think that would be an amazing vacation. I would love to do that. And I thought that sounds pretty unreasonable to most people. So I will, I will. Well, a 450 mile walk, mm. I think should sound pretty unreasonable to most people, but, yeah, you'd, but you'd break it up over days. Well, yeah, obviously. Weeks, but, but it is supposed to be a punishment. Yeah, exactly. Originally, well, yeah, in medieval times. Nowadays, there's like you know walking paths and like B and Bs and like <laughs> yeah, way it's, better it's... shoes and that sounds great. Yeah, I really, really want to do that. That's like you one can of also, my dream vacation. You're allowed to do it either walking or riding a bicycle or riding a donkey. Well, Ooh, well, sign me up for the donkey. Shoddy donkey. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. absolutely not. You know what? Your your legs. You'd be like. You'd have like inner thigh cramps and like super like, bow legged. Yeah. Super bow legged, like ass ball pain. Uh, like I think after like two I days, remember, if you're not accustomed to it. Old English radio show I used to listen to called Round the Horn. One of its, it's they were doing a Three Musketeers thing with three of them riding horses and D'Artagnan riding a, a goat. Then they arrive at the inn, and the innkeeper says, Ah, oh, good morrow, sire, and where are you bound? And the response is, after a night riding a goat practically everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's uh, good. Oh, around the horn. Anyhow, yeah, so, good. and then we filmed it with Andy, and he was very funny. Mm -hmm. And uh, As is his wont. I don't, uh, in real life, Andy and I have no sort of sexual chemistry whatsoever. <laughs> uh, but I did try to portray that we that's might That's not have necessarily true. No, it's pretty true. I don't know. You're probably not a very good judge of it. I don't know. I don't see it, but maybe uh, you do. Anyhow, um, uh, but I tried to like make us look more couply by the fact that we like leaned our faces together and stuff like that in the video to show that we're not just two people having an argument. Like we honestly do like care for each other. Um, and uh, the video was punched up considerably by Paul and Cam and Andy and I after we, after I sort of wrote it. Um, because that kind of dialogue really lives in like that kind of video lives and dies in the delivery, and sometimes the delivery can be bad. And now I would change a couple lines because I think they're bad. 
Like I would take out that first stupid line I have. I don't like that. The fishing trawler line is dumb. Um, just the end part of it. I would dramatically shorten that. It, it doesn't need to be there. And the, there's just a couple other things that I would change. Uh, but the stinger super solid because that was written by love that Paul stinger. and Andy yeah, and we, Cam and myself sort of throwing around ideas. Yeah, so we changed we changed the stinger from what uh, you originally had and we tweaked the ending to make it uh, a little bit more sort of clear what was going on yeah. and make it a little bit more, uh, <laughs> yeah, make it more sort of explicit that she was trying to punish her uh, mother-in-law. For inviting or no, herself. Her mother, yeah. For inviting herself along on a vacation, which I mean is kind of a rude thing to do. Someone was like, oh man, they should have invited her to the place where the uh, butt centipedes go. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I guess the 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 trick was that she wanted to find a place that was going to be unpleasant, but she was still willing to go to, right? Like, yeah, exactly. Unpleasant for her mother, but that she would still enjoy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then of course, Iron Man comeuppance in the end. Yeah, I think it turned out really well. Yeah, this was actually um, unfortunately just f- for various reasons, uh, Andy had to leave um, and go to a, a party or something. And so uh, he had to go to his sister's birthday party. Yeah, and so we had to, uh, we we were kind of constrained with Andy's stuff. So we ended up we shot like all the wide stuff, and then all of Andy's one shots, and then like the uh, the stinger at the end. Then he and left. then he had to like book it and get a cab, <laughs> and then we went back and shot uh, Kathleen's one shots. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So, it but okay. it was actually it ended up being. Uh, yeah, when we had to movie magic. Yes, do it very quickly. But thankfully, both Andy and uh, Kathleen did a, were able to memorize their lines very well. Nice, except for that one line, oh whatever God. that was. Yeah, just like for some reason we had to do like the beginning, like the opening long take at the beginning. We had to do that like probably fifteen times because I just couldn't get it. And I was reading off script. Yeah, right. I just could oh, not f- get it. Like in like it was in, in the magazine. In the magazine. Yeah. Which, by the way, I am an Economist subscriber because Cam got me that a subscription to The Economist for my birthday last year, and I freaking love that magazine. And if you don't subscribe to The Economist, you are missing out. All right. Uh, okay, let's jump into some Askler questions. These are all from our Facebook, which uh, is I, Loading Ready Run, or which is facebook.com slash Loading Ready Run. Is, is there any, I guess people may ask about script search stuff, so we might as well just, just go leave that to questions. Yep. Um, Matthias is uh, asks what is your favorite european country now i've only been to one european country and it's england which is not strictly mainland europe mm. but i would I like mean, to see the rest of it i feel like england would dispute whether they would be an, a european country yeah okay. <laughs> i like i like a lot of things that come from sweden mm. like food and ikea and um software wise yeah i would definitely like to uh uh check out sort of um Germany and uh, Sweden and sort of that area. Mm-hmm. You know where I've always wanted to go? I've always wanted to go to Denmark. I hear it's a, just a beautiful sort of like walking and bicycling country and mm. uh, just a really like nice place to go. And I would really like to go there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jennifer asks, what is your policy for meeting fans? Uh, um, we are in favor of it. Yeah. We like meeting fans. Come yeah. and say hi. If you see us on the street or at a convention or whatever, please come say hi. Um, but And uh, if you, for some reason, are in Victoria, um, send us an email. And if our schedules coincide, uh, then uh, you are, uh, yeah, you're welcome to come by and we can 
give you i mean there there isn't that much to see here but we can give you a brief kind of this is where we do stuff mm-hmm. tour yeah. uh but uh unfortunately we're only here at certain times so it's it's easiest just to like send us an email if you're going to be around yeah the uh, the uh we might not always have time to stick around and chat but do say mm. hi if you see us definitely yeah uh george asks what was the most disappointing ending to a game you that you have played well, I mean, I talked about Far Cry Three. That I was, right. I was kind of, I was super pissed off at the ending of Far Cry Three. That's just the one that like sticks into my mind most recently. The ending for, and it was a bad game anyway. But Cursed Crusade, after doing that whole friggin' let's play, oh yeah, that was such a, such a disappointing ending because it wasn't an ending. It was so stupid. What it, was? It's like, is it is it better? Uh, if it's already a terrible game and it has a bad ending, or is it worse? I would like it to have at least had like an expected ending, like the like okay, you right. have to beat the boss guy. You you beat the boss and then everything's fine and you go home and you're a crusader and whatever. But this was just like, no, now we fight and <laughs> what? What? Well, well, huh? Yeah, it wasn't even a boss. What was that video game we were playing a very long time? Like this is back when you still lived with your parents and it was on the PS One and it had a really it was like a, a, a an RPG. It had a really fun combat system but it had like the worst plot ever like major characters oh, would just drop in oh, and out and the game just kind oh, of ended grandia 3 grandia 3 is a terrible ending it just kind of stops that was a ps2 game ps2 but yeah a wonderful combat system basically the combat system kept me playing that game it was just a joy to play but yeah like early in the game we did this for unskippable yeah, yeah. early in the game your mom is a main character well, that's the one where it's like your mom versus your sister. It's like, it whoa, that's your strange. mom? Yeah. Dude, your mom's super hot. Yeah, but she's she's there, and then it's like, all right, let's go here. And then she's like, all right, I'm going to go over this way. And then she just, whoop. She's, and like you're, she's you're, never mentioned again. Nobody thinks about her. Your best friend from the beginning of the game. Whoop. Gone. <laughs> just never appears again through the whole goddamn game. Wow. Yeah, it's, it makes no sense. They li- they, a plot hole literally swallows them. And the so that was just really a disappointing bad. plot all over. It wasn't mm-hmm. necessarily a disappointing ending. It was probably the ending that game deserved. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. What about you? I'm trying to think. Uh, Has any Shin Megami Tensei game ever ended uh, less than satisfactorily for you? Well, I mean, they're all like, they all have like super open-ended multiple endings, right? Oh, I guess like if you get, then like there's bad endings that are supposed to be like unsatisfactory and crap, right? Uh, Star Ocean games usually have pretty sh- <coughs> terrible fucking endings. I was disappointed with Fallout 3. And by that, I mean not the actual... Not the actual ending of the game, which I know ticked some people off. I actually love that you die at the end if you do it right. Like I, I think that that's spoilers for Fallout Three, by the way. I think, I think that's the, great. I think the statue that the game, spoiler limitations. I like, I has. like, I love that that the game starts with you being born and ends with you dying. I think it's beautiful. Um, but then afterwards, there's the whole sort of like in in previous in the previous Fallout games, all the little minor quests that you did you got to see like at the end and this is what happened and this is what happened and this is what happened and it changes depending on what you did yeah and it it it's not like doing those affects the main story but it's like because you did this now this has happened because you did this this has happened and it's just like you get to see little windows into all around the world and how you've managed to change it that's cool yeah uh but all fallout 3 did was just like it showed you a couple slides uh, from maybe one or two of those there was no narration there was no it didn't it didn't address all the quests that you could have done. It was just like, and here's a slide, and here's a slide, and that's it. Oh, oh wait, 
It was really, it was like, oh, I thought they were going to have, like, weren't they advertising a ton of endings? Didn't didn't they also retcon the thing in the DLC, too? Yes, they retconned the... the, Uh, Oh, I thought of the worst ending ever. It's just a coma. Tiny Tower. Once you get more, (laughs) once you get all the floors, nothing happens. (coughs) And then they add more floors. So it's not really an ending. I I mean, like, they they, they probably, like, it has no ending, right? It's like the ending of a SimCity game Paul, you're missing my incredibly sophisticated joke. (laughs) (laughs) Anyhow. Alexander asks, uh, "What is your what was your favorite Commodore Hustle episode to write and film?" Speaking of which, w- will there be a new one soon? There will be, but uh, to we your question, written. to your question, to I don't know. To write and film, <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> film. I mean, the 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 one where we go bear hunting was like kind of sucky to film because that suit that I was wearing was really really warm. But so that w- but that was a fun episode. Like that w- that, mm. that had like the cosplayers. Yeah, and the cosplayers cos- was costume cool. was and good, the, yeah. the 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 gang outfits. Um, the one where uh, uh, James falls into the water. That was fun to film. No, that was that fun because James fun. fell in the water. Yeah. yeah. Uh, actually, the most recent one was a lot of fun too with the uh, with the meme stream. Oh yeah, oh, actually, yeah. yeah, I was that 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 was cool, and I was so happy with. Uh, how well that script turned out. Mm-hmm. Nick asks, do you have any plans or scripts that would require animation? I have a friend who is a 2D animator who would love to work on a project with you. Actually, yeah. Send send us an email. <laughs> send us a portfolio. Yeah, yeah, send us a portfolio. Or send mm. us an email with a link to your portfolio. We often have ideas that are impractical yeah. for us to film. Okay. And uh, also impractical for us to animate because we can't do animate stuff. Yeah. So that could be interesting. Uh, Peter says, long-time listener, first-time asker. Hello, Peter. Uh, you've established... I hope you are also watching. Oh, by the way, yeah. our email address, just you can send it to Kathleen at LoadingReadyRun.com. Yeah. Uh, long-time listener, first-time asker. You have established that the Commodore Hustle universe is similar to our own, just with you guys being, quote, terrible people. Mm-hmm. I was wondering, are there any other differences? For example, is Canada three degrees colder in the Commodore Hustle universe? Did Firefly get a second season which was subpar? Has Edward James almost won a magic PTQ? Who knows? I mean, these are all good questions that we've never thought about before. I think, like, as far as... From my perspective, I think it's basically... Loading Ready Run, like Loading Ready Run is the main thing that's different. Yeah. But there's a lot of things, but Loading Ready, like as well as being like we're different and terrible, but we're also as successful, if not more successful than we are in real I life. I actually really assumed that we were way less successful. Maybe? I don't yeah. know. I like that people in the Commodore Hustle universe tolerate our Commodore Hustle characters. Yeah. Well, like I, I think the universe might, there must be other stuff different in the universe for our characters to just be able to exist at all. <laughs> Whenever I write a Commodore Hustle, I always imagine that it is a magical realism universe mm. um, because that explains a lot of the crap that we get away with, to be honest with you. Uh, and I mean, stuff like, like, I mean, like Beige downloading the internet into his like brain through the meme stream is like a perfect example of that. I don't know who wrote that script. No, mm. me, mostly. Yeah, you. That was, and like, yeah, that was, I think, yeah, there, there's some, yeah, that was one of the ones we kind of did a lot of adjustments on. Yeah, we did a lot of room writing on that one, I think. Yeah, but like that kind of like if magical realism. And like, yeah, there's definitely, and like all like the, the, um, the various contraptions that Commodore Hustle Paul can make mm-hmm. and that, that, work. that work for no particular reason. Yeah. Uh, Rose asks, if you could live anywhere, where would you live besides where you are now? I would live in, and I'm not saying this to suck up to you, 
I would live in Chichester in the United Kingdom because I love it. That's I such a nice love, town. I loved visiting there like a couple so years ago. South of England's really nice. The South of England is beautiful and like there's places to walk and uh, just the it's just food. The food is really good in England. Like people say the food, like they have this reputation of having bad food, but food's very good there, especially the groceries are much Since cheaper the, than uh, they are here. Post Mad Cow, England went quite crazy for making sure that all their food was like properly sourced and properly grown and local and organic and not necessarily organic, but you know, just good. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's tasty and cheap. Mm-hmm. They were like, wait, we have an infrastructure. We can just do this. We have trains, guys. Yeah, I mean, I I haven't really stayed anywhere other than Victoria long enough to get like a good impression of it, but uh, I can imagine somewhere, you know, either uh, either in Europe or uh, somewhere English speaking, I guess. <laughs> if I had to live <laughs> or, in or England, if we had to live in the states, we'd live in Seattle. Yeah, um, Seattle or Portland. Yeah. I really liked Port. I actually quite like San Francisco too. Mm-hmm. San Francisco is nice. Although apparently it's extremely expensive. Yeah. I've heard that. Like it's it's so expensive to live in but San Francisco right San Fr- now. San Francisco is like the biggest lar- or like the largest large city that I would like to live in, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh I think anything bigger than that and it's I don't really I it's too big for me. But yeah. Cole asks, have you guys ever considered going to other conventions in Canada such as ones on the East Coast? Uh, it's really just a matter of traveling there. Uh, it's very expensive for us to get to the East Coast, and so we kind of need to have need to make sure we have sort of a guaranteed return on investment for our uh, in uh, like our costs for getting there. So it's really it's a it's great for when we go to Pax East because a lot of people recognize us because we're on PATV and stuff like that, and it's a really like fun trip that we can break even on. But for an unknown Canadian convention, like we don't know how well we're going to be received, it's a uh, not something we can really just like take a gamble on, right? Um, yeah. I feel like if somebody if paid, for, or if somebody like if a convention really wanted us to come out and like helped us like pay for our travel like to Toronto or something, we'd definitely do it. It's not even a, like not even all of it. If they were yeah. able to like help subsidize travel and yeah, just so stuff we, like that. I feel like I feel like Fan Expo would probably be on the radar if we were going to do any yeah. East Coast convention because it's pretty pretty huge. But I mean, you just have to like. By East Coast. The East it's Coast, not, like, it's seriously, not, it's like, not the East Coast. Return it's flights. like the middle. It's, yeah, it's yeah. not the coast at all. No, but like the return flights for us to get Everyone out. Everyone in the Maritimes is like, God yeah. damn you. That guys. side of the country where you're looking at at least $800 a person. So that is a considerable amount of stuff that you have to be able to sell at a convention like that to even break even. What we should do is take the Canadian and turn it into a thing. Oh, so long though we don't have time for that right I know, I know. yeah it's i mean that, that that's the other big thing actually is that especially in the last couple of years is that uh basically regardless of how successful conventions are in terms of selling merchandise the actual time it takes a- away from our production schedule is a real real tough yeah, like we, we need to work on that we need to re- we need to take back the weekend I'm just I was talking to Lexi on Twitter from Strip Search and mm. she was just like how's it going and we're just like DMing back and forth and uh, she and I was like uh Graham's like really Graham's been really really sick this week so it's been really tough right then uh, and she was just like oh well I mean it's it's Friday tomorrow so you guys have the weekend to recover and I'm like huh no that's what? no we, we don't get the a day we- off right weekend now weekend is shifted yeah it's all <laughs> <laughs> it's also the big problem with conventions actually is that it's the convention itself is three days 
there'll usually be a day at least of travel. Yeah. Uh, then there's also the week afterwards that you get sick mm-hmm. because apparently that's what happens at every convention. Mm-hmm. Uh, Charles asks, what, what, should, what should be the first investment for a new internet comedy show group? Um, well, a, a camera. A camera <laughs> and then a good mic. Mm-hmm. And microphone. Yeah, camera, I microphone. I recommend the Rode video mic. Uh, lights. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Sound first. Yeah. Microphone That's basically first. in that order. First camera. Uh, and the camera like doesn't have to be amazing. But yeah. Uh, does Kodak still make the ZI-8? Uh, they probably do some sort the, of equivalent. They, they probably make a better version. Um, but any kind of like... I mean, an iPhone camera is better than the ZI-8 yeah. at this point, I think. You get, you get like yeah, a, the, the ZI-8 you can record a lot more onto, that's right? True. You get like a like a Canon Rebel T3 for like yeah. seven or 800 bucks. I mean, yeah. but even like cheaper than that, if you're just like, I just want to play around with this, there's like really nice, like obviously I haven't looked at this for a while, but ZI-8 like even like three years ago it was like 200 bucks and would record like nice high quality video um cheap really just perfect introductory hey kathleen it's a question from anya ah. will you ever come to denmark i promise to make you loads of nummy cakes and cookies i would love to go to, if i ever get to go to europe it's definitely on my to-do list so there you go yay well there will be cakes and cookies waiting for you uh, Matthew asks, what do you miss doing when you were less known that you can't do now because of your current duties? Weekends, I guess. <laughs> we yeah. established that. Guess weekends. I don't get to play nearly as many video games. Video games. Yeah. yeah um, and there is like, like we never go to conventions that we aren't exhibiting at. Yeah. Um, and when you're exhibiting at a convention, you can't actually... Attend the convention yeah. really, you know. People will like come by the table and be like, "Oh man, this awesome thing just happened," and be like, "Really? That's super cool." And so you have this weird kind of like uh, different. You sort of have a, a secondhand account of what happened at the convention. Usually, we'll be looking through the guidebook and be like, "Okay, this thing. This is a thing I want to see." Yeah, it's like everybody gets one thing. Co- you coordinate <laughs> yeah, to be so not at the booth and have somebody <laughs> else watch it. I won't be at the booth during this thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I have like I've I've attended like every PAX in a row for many years, but I haven't been to a PAX I think since like 2009. Uh, James asks, if a zombie apocalypse happened right now, what would be your course of action? Suicide. Uh, really? I do not want to deal with that. Like, I don't want to deal with zombies. I don't want to deal with shooting zombies. I don't want to deal with my friends being zombies. I don't want to deal with no, the wreckage no, 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 of society no, no, afterwards. No, 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 no. Lock the door. No. no wait, wait, no. Like, right now? Right? If it happened right now. My baby cat! Okay, your cat would be fine. It's on the third floor of an apartment building. No, but I have to go into the no, 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 no. This is the thing. This is the thing. People, when they when you think zombie apocalypse, people are like, oh my god. it's weird. You never see the zombie apocalypse start because that would be really easy to deal with zombies are stupid they die without food and it's real easy to i don't think zombies do die without food do they they just rot they decompose yeah exactly they, they're they're decomposing they're dead right right i figured that zombies would just keep going though yeah no they just start I mean, no, I guess it depends on what chronology you're looking well, at. Well, eventually they just... Well, it's, there was a whole article on this. It's like, if you can wait like a week, zombie's not going to be a problem anymore. There was also like a scientific simulation where they ran the numbers <laughs> where if like all of, the, all of the dead, if they did rise up, like humanity, the, all of humanity would be wiped out in like three days because we live so densely. <laughs> anyway, what I was going to say is we lock the door, hunker in the moon base and survive off buttercrack for a week. 
<laughs> and all that candy. Abs- that I would be like, us. I need to go save my baby cat. Your cat would be fine. It's on the third floor of an apartment building. Zombies aren't going to be able to get up there. He'd be hungry and lonely. He's got plenty of food. He would cry for food. Yeah, he would. And he'd be sad, but whatever. Also, yeah, I mean, we only live like five blocks from here. We could probably just run there and then survive in our apartment, which would be just fine. Actually, yeah, our apartment's pretty good. Just barricade the door and wait it out. Yeah, exactly. Although we have no food. Well, we can take all this butter crack with us. Stop by Wellburn's on the way. Is what I'm saying is I'm not actually scared of a zombie apocalypse. It would suck and be awful, but I, I'm I, I'm not concerned about my personal safety. No, seriously, like if like zombie apocalypse was dragging on for like longer than a week, and like I'm seeing like just zombies like you know mowing down cops and like like the news is like people giving up. I'm just like laying in the bathtub, slitting my wrists, not dealing with it. I don't yeah. want to. I do not like nuclear war happens. I'm gonna watch the bombs go off. I do not want to deal with it. I do I, not want to be an old lady telling my kids stories, my horrible natural bi- childbirth children, because I'm trying to repopulate <laughs> the earth, stories about how you used to be able to yeah, have but hot you're a, showers and el- electricity. Yeah, but you're a terrible pessimist, so. No. I don't think I, I don't think suicide, but I think I may go, you know, go get bitten by a zombie, because then at least you can go bite other people. Mm. That'd be fun. Yeah. <laughs> Just join the opposition. But if you can't beat them, join Yeah, I, I have not heard this whole, like, zombies starve after a while thing. That, I think... Not that they starve, it's just like... I that shouldn't have I shouldn't have worded it that way, but like they are decomposing, right? And as long as they as long as people stay away from them and they can they don't keep making new zombies, zombies are gonna just fall apart. But people aren't gonna stay. Depends away Depends on which. Again, sometimes, sometimes in some mythologies, the zombies just kind of stay around forever. Yeah, they stare into skeletons. Twenty eight days later, zombies are not zombies. I know, and sometimes the walking around zombies just stay around forever. Yeah. They just are constantly like yeah, that's D and D zombies are like that. D and D zombies are constantly like decaying, but never actually decay. And then they get destroyed completely, or all the flesh comes off and they become skeletons. Hmm. Still scary. Anyway. Anyway, <laughs> um, uh, what's your favorite loading ready run quote from an episode? Jeez. Also, just wanted to say you guys are my go-to for Canadian sketch comedy. Well, thank you. Yay. Thank you. I have no idea. Uh, I, I'm, I'm quite partial to somebody doing science in here. I like that. Mm, I'm wearing that shirt myself. Jeremy asks, how many Doctor Who fans are in loading ready run? I think broadly all of us. I know that Kathleen doesn't watch the new the new series, but... I think you're still broadly a fan. I'm broadly mm-hmm. a fan. I just don't have any time to devote to it. Who's your favorite doctors? I mean, old, so like, should we say old series and then new series? That that seems relevant. Old not. series, probably Tom Baker. Tom Baker. Yeah, I'm you got to weigh in on yeah. this. I, um, I have to watch it again, but I new series, I have a great fondness for Christopher Eccleston. Yeah, me too. Um, I like him a lot. I was really sad to see him go. But uh, I, mean, I, I mean, I love David Tennant. He's great, but... I like Chris Freckleson a lot. Yeah. I think I like David Tennant better than Matt Smith, I got to say. I think so, yeah. Um, so, but, I mean, like... I, was, I like Matt Smith's ability to be a younger actor and act older mm-hmm. than David Tennant. It's weird. As uh, <laughs> Because, of course, we are all... Uh, you know, there's lots of fans of Doctor Who around. What that means is there's lots of complaining about how Doctor Who isn't good anymore. But, anyway... Mm-hmm. Or how you know they what they did wrong or whatever, but that's just how fans express their fandom. Ah, bu- 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 boo doo boo. Uh, Mark asks: Are there any plans for future large-scale production contracts with Penny Arcade or other clients? Not at present. If and if we did, we couldn't tell you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, 
Uh, Nick asks, Feed Dump recently reached 100 episodes. How many more episodes of it and other shows do you think you will do, either by your choice or by the host's choice? I, I mean, Feed Dump and Checkpoint and Unskippable are all kind of perpetual shows. I mean, mm-hmm. we'll, they'll keep going until, until their respective places decide to cancel them, yeah, I guess. I mean, until we or, like, Checkpoint will keep going until we or Penny Arcade or the audience get sick of it. Yeah, so. and and it's and it's it's possible that uh, you know as if if you know we get busy with other stuff. I mean, we have sort of an internal uh, priority list, I guess, mm-hmm. of which stuff we consider to be the most vital. Uh, and so, if other really exciting stuff happens, like strip search, it may be that uh, some of these other series have to take a backseat. But at the moment. For the foreseeable future, they will continue. Sean asks, if you could create your own reality show separate from Strip Search, what would it be? I would like, honestly, and this is not me being ridiculous, I think it would be actually very fun to have a uh, a reality show uh, about Erica Moen because she is a joy and a delight and brings happiness to everything she touches. It would be <laughs> the happiest reality show ever. Well, she was, she was talking about how... Uh, you know, I think you like, you don't know how reality shows work. Yeah. I think you want the worst person. How she thinks it'd be cool to do a show of all the artists at Periscope Studio in Portland, mm-hmm. which would be cool. I'd like to do uh, a um, I'd like to do the Wizards of the Coast Great Designer Search as a reality show. I think mm. that, I think that'd be really cool. That'd be interesting because yeah. they've, they've done that a couple times, but it's only been sort of like in text form. I think it'd be neat. Uh, have you decided on any significant? How, how about we take twelve sexy singles and mm. put them in a house? And then don't tell them to do anything. <laughs> There's no challenges. No. <laughs> and they're just confused. They're like, are we supposed to do something? What's what's happening? What? Hello? <laughs> Did you see the Onion uh, reality show parody? Yeah, yeah. Sex House? Yeah. That got very weird. It got dark. Um, have you decided on any significant changes to Desert Bus for the coming year? Nope. No, nope. Things are actually coming along. There's a, there's a lot of... Uh, internal changes that we're trying to set up to make things easier that for uh, for us. Hopefully, nothing that you will that you the audience will see. Yeah, yeah we're but, like uh, mixing up people's like portfolios. But the main thing is um, the changes that we implemented last year about uh, you know the different <laughs> doing the driver shifts the way we did and doing the um, the uh, requests and stuff the way mm-hmm. we did seemed to work really well. So I think we're going to keep with that. How difficult was it to get everyone for Feed Dump 100? Uh, really easy. Send out a text. To be, to be completely honest, I sent out a text to everybody who had been in a Feed Dump, and uh, we only had two people who... Uh, well, not everybody who had been in a Feed Dump, because obviously Brad has been in a Feed Dump, and Lily has been in a bunch of Feed Dumps, but Lily has a day job in Vancouver. And Matt lives in Vancouver. And right Matt now. lives in Vancouver. I did invite him just in case, because I think he's on a break from school right now, but, you know... Uh, he was not able to come, and uh, our friend Missy, who's at one feed dump, was not able to make it because she had other stuff, but she's very busy. But basically, I was like, everybody, you've been in a feed dump. We want to do feed dump all-stars. Can you please come in? And everybody was like, okay, and that was it. <laughs> I, Somebody, uh, I think, in the in the forums or on uh, the escapist mentioned that what we should have done is when Matt was here for uh, for filming Friday nights, oh, yeah. we should have just had him like, run in and be like am i late oh good <laughs> for idea. the like for the stinger That'd be good. <laughs> um okay two real quick ones 
Evan asks, what's your favorite Homestar Runner character? I like Homestar. Mm. I like Strong Sad. I uh, I like um, uh, 20 XD6 Strong Bad. <laughs> nice. Challenging uh, people. JC asks, uh, thank you for... Uh, or uh, thank you for being responsible for her addiction to Archer. What is your favorite character on Archer? Uh, they're all so bad, but also lovable. Ray. Yeah, I, well, Ray is like the only person who's like mostly good. <laughs> who's like likable. Yeah, like every time Ray is imperiled, because I know this show is like serious business, like people actually stay hurt. I'm like, no, Ray! Like I was like freaking out with an episode where, spoiler, Krieger gives him robot legs. If you haven't seen any of season four, but I was like, oh, no, please don't let Ray die because it could conceivably happen. And I was like, no. Um, but I think my favorite character overall is actually... Cheryl, because she's insane, and I love her. Yeah. Uh, Frederick uh, uh, says, I really like you on Strip Search, Graham, but it seems that your persona was much more serious at the beginning of the show. Was that intentional? Uh, well, okay, I'll say that the seriousness was intentional and also partially just getting into it, just nerves. Mm. And then what wasn't intentional was becoming as loose as i did as it went on but that was because the show was changing well from it, sort of what we thought it would be to what it became and also just as we got and I, and I just loosened up myself and as we got sort of more um friendly with the contestants yeah. it was it's hard not to sort of you know joke around with them somewhat and you yeah it ends up it ends up we didn't like we didn't really have that i guess in our actual reality show there's a little bit more like uh division detachment like the but we were like really sort of integrated in with the contestants for most of it so uh you know there's a a lot of the stuff uh that made it more relaxed i think was that was just people us getting to know all the contestants and yeah i mean like the first couple days were jokes together like so terrified that of fucking something up because we literally had like no do-over time we're just like oh my god we're so stressed out but like by the time by like what you're seeing now is a day seven yeah yeah of our filming and obviously we've been doing this for a week straight and we were getting good at our jobs right and sort of like <laughs> and not loopy. be not be, oh yeah super loopy uh jim asks are you are you planning on sending a delegation to england at any point does graham still have family over here uh, I do. When Kathleen and I went there a couple of years ago, we had a big um, Loading Ready Run fan meetup in London that was actually a lot of fun. I don't know if that was technically like a, sending a delegation. It was yeah. more you guys wanted to go. I mean, we were on like we were on vacation, but we were like, yeah. well, while well, we're in England. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I, again, if, like with the East Coast thing, if there's a big convention in England that wants to invite us to come, that's considerably more expensive. Uh, then, well, that then and is willing to pay for it. Yeah, is what I'm saying. Then that would be much more encouraging. So, are you guys fans of Miracle of Sound on the Escapist? Oh yes, yes. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Gavin's super great, very, uh, very talented. If if you are listening to this and you are not, please check out his stuff. It's, it's true, so good. Uh, ba 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 ba. All right, pancakes, waffles, or crepes. Go French toast. Just being ornery now. I fucking prefer French toast to all of those things a million times over. All right, but Waff- but, waffles. but French toast is not an option. Uh-huh. So pancakes, waffles, or crepes. Also, I'm with Paul. Waffles. Yeah, waffles. All right. Um, and last question from Chris. What What about your work do you find incredibly frustrating? 
Um, Garage band. Garage band crashing. <laughs> Actually, uh, see, this is interesting because he said, "What like what do you find incredibly frustrating? Is it the tight deadlines or coming up with new ideas? What makes producing video content hard? What I find the most frustrating. Whoops. Somebody at our door. What I find the most frustrating about our uh, like about sort of the the broad sort of content of everything we do is people who are misinformed. Mm. Uh, like I don't mind seeing negative YouTube comments, but when it's, when someone is stating something that is factually inaccurate, that is provably wrong. That's like, no, if you look at this thing that we have said, it's very clear that that is incorrect. That I just does willful ignorance really bothers me. Mm. And when, it, and when it's, when it's something that if it were true would be bad for us like if you know if it's like oh they said this or something it's like why would we say that no we never said that that would why would we say that that would be a terrible thing for us to say if we had said that then your comments would be entirely accurate yeah if we had said that we would be dumb and the reason that that's frustrating is because there's nothing you can do you can't like if you say no we never said that there that person isn't going to listen the comment is already there, so people who aren't going to go looking for the source are going to read the the incorrect comment and believe it. Yeah. And anyone who sees, and like and half the people who see you ch- trying to change their mind just think that you're lying. I know there's a whole mantra. Well, and if you like correct them, then you look just look defensive. Yeah, yeah exactly. So it's... There's a whole mantra online that's going around and like it's picking up popularity. It's like, don't read the comments. The thing is, when you're a content creator, like we have to read comments... Because we have to know, like, obviously we're, you know, we're not in the business of like, oh, let's put up a poll. What kind of video do you want this week? Like, we're not in the business of like that. But we have to know what kind of content our audience likes and what they respond to well and what they don't like. Right? Like, it, like our business is making things that our, that our fans like and that other people who are not familiar with us enjoy. Right? Like, so we can't work in a vacuum. Mm-hmm. There's no way. We have to, we have to understand um, but it like there is a certain amount of mental fortitude that is required to read comments, and some days I just don't have it. There, there's actually I was actually talking to Graham about this yesterday that I feel like almost in today's world there actually should be like as part of maybe even like high school or like a school thing, part of the curriculum should be you have to produce a piece of content and put it onto the internet and have and have people comment on it, and just because. I think a lot of people who produce a piece of content for the first time get really um, get, get really thrown off by the comments that come in and that, you know, really negative comments or really or comments about something totally different or, you know, really or whatever racist or nasty comments and that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I think that would also I think doing that would also teach the people who are making those comments that, hey, a human made this with feelings. <laughs> but it, but it's like <laughs> but you, and it, but doing it, you start to understand that, you know, these hateful comments aren't even really directed at you. Yeah. Right. They're just basically people like having fun with their friends and you're just kind of the. Uh, vector. You're you're just kind of the vector for how they're doing that, and so it's it makes it a lot easier not to really not to take it personally and be like, oh, okay, that's just whatever, you know, like that's just a person talking, and I don't I don't care about that. So, it, so I think that kind of like the comments where I mean comments that are actually wrong or or that are actually wrong or comments that are 
serious comments that are something that are really important to me or something that I was trying to, you know, there's something, if we're doing a video, there's something you're trying to get across and the person in the comment has like taken it entirely the wrong way. Yeah. That's very frustrating. Yeah. That's mm -hmm. like, uh, but I don't, I don't even mind if someone understands completely and just doesn't like it. No, yeah, that's like, fine. I don't, I don't mind that. Even, oh, yeah, like, no, even if they're rude, even if they're rude or a dick about it, that's you know, like, thick skin doesn't matter. But it's the the willful spreading of misinformation that's just so annoying. And just the minor thing, but the the whole like, you know, that everyone that people will like watch whatever strip <laughs> search or they'll watch Unskippable or watch uh, Checkpoint or Feed Dump or one of our shows and then be baffled that we do a whole bunch of other shows <laughs> despite the fact that we're like how many different ways can we disseminate this information this information but yeah. that's i guess that's our failing in social media or something i guess i don't know <laughs> all right anyway. that was the podcast for this week there's our frustrations yeah there you <laughs> Thank go you obviously you can see we're frustrated <laughs> yeah but not about any of the production we love making it yeah yeah so there and you go. not by negative comments. So yeah. don't feel bad about any no, negative no. comments you want to make. Yeah. So uh, thank you uh, all for watching. And um, we look forward to talking to you next time and answering your questions again. So, Bye, guys. Bye, everybody.